Do you feel that? Do you feel that? That feeling that's running up and down your spine right now? Those goosebumps that are making the hairs on your arms stand? That tingle in your the back of your neck? That pit in the bottom of your stomach? That's championship week, baby! And the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here! Boom! Explosion I am your host. noises. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the one, the only, the number seven ranker in the entire country last week. And the number one special guest. And the number one special guest, Jason Petrop. What up, Jay? Yeah. So we are coming at you, and this is this is it. This is our last real preview show. Like we'll give you a couple tips next week for week 17 but we get into the fun stuff and we get right into what it is going to be in the off season just for you guys that may be new listeners uh, just a heads up what we got coming up besides the preview today um, brodofantasy.com is where you can find all our stuff also we are a year-round podcast that means we come to you weekly every single week of the off season we're going to be coming at you with a whole bunch of really cool guests we're going to be coming at you with a whole bunch of really cool episodes, and we're going to keep doing, preparing you. Listen, if you are not one of those people that was in the championship and you're just listening right now, you felt that sting of defeat. I know. I was there. Last week, I, in a league where I scored 250 points more than everybody else, lost because my team put up 107. Dude, how about being in first place all year? This is the Brodo Patreon League. First place all year. I have a beast team. The dude against me, Garrett, puts up 208. That is fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. And we are going to keep you, if you felt that sting of defeat, there's no better way to start preparing than right after the season's over. You know what Bill Belichick does? You know how he builds dynasties? He starts preparing for next year, the week after he wins the Super Bowl. So... That's what we want to help you do. The Broto Fantasy Podcast here for you, BrotoFantasy.com. Um, stay tuned for that. If you still want two episodes a week, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, where we'll be doing some fun, exciting things and giving some free giveaways and doing some contests uh, on in the offseason. This offseason is going to be a special one. We're just Broto, Broto is getting ready. We're in, we're in third gear right now. We're getting ready to kick it into fourth, press the Nas button, you know, vroom, kick it into high gear. Um, so before, without, now that we've done all that, Jason, it's time, baby. Are you ready to bring people championships? Always. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. You know, a lot of people are mad because if your team was bad enough to start Kenyon Drake or Bashad Perriman, then guess what? You were just bad enough to probably win a spot in the championship. Dude, and- Bashad Perriman... Broke hearts. Broke hearts. And so did Kenyon Drake. And a lot of people um, are bitching about the format of fantasy and like, oh, we should change it to this. I saw this one guy who had the idea of you should play an all, an all, I don't know what it's called. All play. All play. Yeah, there you go. Where you play every team every week and the combined records go forward. Um, guys, before we try to rewrite the book on fantasy football, let's just appreciate what we have. 
The losing's a part of it too. The losing yeah, head to head is the fun part. Right. The losing is a part of it too. Like, yo, the Mets would have won the World Series every year if the other teams didn't play. Dude, I'm in a total <laughs> points league where I have a lot of money on the line, and I'm st- still more interested in the leagues that I have head-to-head matchups. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of money on the line. That's just how it goes. Yeah, and that's you know that's how it is. That's how it is. Um, but we are here to help you in your championship matchups. Don't forget, no Thursday night game, which is kind of odd this this week. Um, Ooh. No Thursday night games from now on because they're going to Saturday games. Because yeah, college- as much as we can complain about the product of Thursday Night Football, it's a bummer when it's, when it's over. Yeah, because you love watching it. And yeah. for me, like I'm a Red Zone watcher, and I always keep an extra game on the side TV. Um, so it sucks because I do like getting a really, really close, in-depth look at teams rather than just like the Red Zone version. Although Red Zone is basically, especially in the 4 o'clock window, is basically you're watching all three games at the same time. They don't yeah. wait until everyone's in the Red Zone. But... <laughs> I mean, it's, I really like that, but, yeah, you know, it sucks that it's not going to be the case anymore. But what can you do? Um, Saturday games are here. There are three Saturday games, Saturday afternoon, Saturday um, morning, and Saturday night, 1 o'clock, 4.30, and 8.15 on the East Coast. For all you East Coasters out there, we got our East Coast bias going on right now. But let's get right into it, Jay. What do you say? Let's do it. The first matchup is a matchup, one of the more interesting matchups right off the bat. I think right away you have some... Uh, very clear question marks. So let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're going to be the biggest question mark. The Houston Texans have been an extremely bad pass defense, especially over the last few weeks. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are down a shit ton of weapons. Mike Evans, hamstring injury. Scotty Miller, hamstring injury. Uh, Chris Godwin, hamstring injury. So that basically leaves Brashad Perriman, um, the white guy that I forget his name off the top of my head, Jason, help me out here. Watson, Justin Watson. Receiver, Justin Watson. Justin yeah. Watson, OJ Howard, and Cameron Bray. And that's basically what it's going to be. So, Jason, Jameis Winston has been a absolute stud. Michael mentioned this uh, in the recap episode, and he emphasized it, and it deserves to be emphasized. The first QB ever, ever in history to throw for th- 450 yards in back-to-back games. That is no joke fantasy points, but he is playing in a plus matchup, but he's playing without his two biggest wide receivers. He's playing with much less uh, people. So let's get right to the to the guy that everyone wants to know about, Brashard Perriman. Yeah, so I'm just going to say first off with Jameis Winston, if there's a quarterback that you can trust with no weapons, it's Jameis Winston. So you're not like you're not fading him even though he has none of his weapons. Who do you trust more in this league to just keep flinging it no matter who's on the field, no matter if there's any separation between his receiver and the defender, and with Bruce Arians telling him to throw it 50 times? I was going to say, the, I, I don't have that much confidence in in Jameis Winston per se. I have utmost confidence in Jameis Winston plus Bruce Arians equals 50 pass attempts. Yeah. And that is I'm a math gonna... equation to write down in your books as fact. It's true. And I'm going to have to ride the Brashad Perriman wave here. Uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) But I am that guy. I mean, even with Godwin and Evans on the field, Evans left halfway through the Colts game, and Perriman saw five targets, turned it into 13 um, fantasy points. The week before that, with Godwin and Evans on the field, he had 87 yards on five catches. 
If you go back a few weeks, he was getting a, at least three or four targets every week. This isn't a guy who's brand new to the offense. He just has an increased role now. Even last week, he only saw six targets. Half of them went for touchdowns. I think this is a spot against Houston. It's, it's going to be hard to sit Brashad Perriman. Ah, and yeah, I think a lot of Brashad Perriman leaves a foul taste in some people's mouths because he was a high draft uh, capital guy and ended up being a bust. And now he's back. So people don't tend to like people like that. But so far, Jason is all aboard the Jameis Winston train, all aboard the Brashad Perriman train. And we do know this, that probably another receiver is going to be um, going to be valid, right? This Monday in the Bucks practice, the first thing Jameis Winston said to both Cameron Brait and Jordan Howard, I mean, OJ Howard, was Yala getting the rock. So that there's something to be said about that, especially because OJ Howard may not have had a great game last week, four for 46, but he got targeted eight times. So he did see eight targets. I mean, it's hard to trust OJ Howard in a championship game, but if if you need to, I, the matchup's there, man. I mean, dude, Cameron Braid also saw seven targets. Yes, him too, though. And history tells us Jameis Winston likes to want a Cameron Braid more. Okay. And I know the upside isn't there with Cameron Brate. You're going to have to hope he falls into the end zone. But what's the upside with O.J. Howard, really? And are we sure O.J. Howard is going to get the work? If he's getting half the targets that Cameron... If he's getting half the total tight end targets, and then Justin Watson's getting some looks, Scotty Miller, if he's healthy, uh, Brashad Perriman's going to get his looks, maybe Rojo and Barber get a few looks. <sighs> it's a bad landscape of tight ends right now. And there's people struggling, Hollister, Boyle, all these guys have struggled recently. So you can take an upside shot. I'd be hard pressed to. Um one I think a certainty as well is the targets for the running backs are going to go up. We've seen a game where Ronald Jones had eight catches, and on Monday, Bruce Arian said the Bucks are gonna have to involve their running backs in the passing game. Uh he said I think we're doing a really good job finding backs underneath stuff now, not just forcing it downfield. That's something we really have to look into. Who's available? What do we do in the game plan on a short week? So I think Ronald Jones, although it's icky and it's sticky, might be a flex play this week. I was going to say, look, if you want to be nice, flex is the farthest I'm going here. Uh, I'm going to have to see your options and <laughs> really not like the other options to say start Ronald Jones. It's a good matchup. Bruce Arians is talking. All right, coaches talk. Can we really trust it? He, he's he been so bad all year. So bad. The most points he has in a week is 19. After that is 15. Like, the this isn't Brashad Perriman type. This isn't Kenyon Drake type upside. So what are we looking at here if we do give him the shot? I think I would not be shocked if he came up with a 20-point game in a PPR league. You think he's going to top all his points? Highest point game, week 16. You're taking the shot on that? I, I'm i going to say that's his ceiling, but I think he has a high floor too. Like We're talking PPR here, about 10 points. If you, need a, if you are the favorite and you just need a guy to be good in that Flex spot, I think that there's worse things you could do. I kind of agree, but I don't dig it. 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to have bad options around me to do that. Hopefully, you're in the championship. You're better than starting Ronald Jones. Um, let's go over to the Houston Texans side, unless there's someone else you want to talk about here. No, probably good. not. All right, Justin. I I mean, we did we did not we didn't mention. Um, we mentioned Watson, Watson, Scotty Miller. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Are talking about Deshaun Watson now. No, no, no. Uh, we're talking about Watson, the the white wide receiver guy. You're not. You know, don't start him. I'm not starting Justin. Watson. All right, let's go over to the Houston Texans side. Deshaun Watson, um, he's a must start. So let's go to his weapons. DeAndre Hopkins went over 100 yards again. He has been um, on a little bit of a streak here, and he's playing the worst pass defense in the league, especially to number one wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins is a absolute home run. With that being said, Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Will Fuller got the targets and the receptions, but Kenny Stills got the touchdowns last week. Are you are you trusting enough? I don't think Kenny Stills is a start, but are you trusting Will Fuller enough to start him? I agree. I'm not chasing touchdowns with Kenny Stills. Uh, I'm not going to trust. I know it's a good matchup, but, I mean, we've seen Stills all season, and he doesn't get many targets, so you're going to have to bank on a touchdown there for going with him. Will Fuller, I'm trusting 100%. He had seven targets last week, came down five catches for 61 yards. He's basically been very good always his entire career whenever he's played, uh, especially in good matchups because he's dudded a little bit this year in tougher matchups. I mean, everyone does against New England. New Orleans week one, he struggled a little bit, but that was a long time ago. He's mostly been very good this season. I have a feeling it's going to be another Wolf Fuller breakout game. Carlos Hyde last week, over 100 yards and a touchdown, 26 carries. Um, if there's one guy in the league that will give their running back the ball, even when the game plan's not working at all, it's Bill O'Brien. And the Buccaneers have been a very stout run defense. And Carlos Hyde has been up and down. So is Carlos Hyde someone that you're looking forward to playing this week? Yeah, you know I'm not the biggest Carlos Hyde guy. Uh, I'm not a fan of bleh, eight points every week. Just not something I like. I'd rather take a shot on a guy who's going to give me zero or 16, honestly. Because in the long run, the average is still eight, but it's more fun and more upside. Uh, And I think that's what I'm going to go with week 16 as well. Yeah, I just... You're in the championship. His floor is... What are the odds that Carlos Hyde's eight points is what gets you a victory? His ceiling is so low. If he doesn't score a touchdown, his ceiling is eight. Dude, he had 26 carries last week. 104 yards and a touchdown isn't even impressive. He's not getting that again. The Buccaneers are going to put up points. They're going to be chasing points. And they're also a good run D. They are. That they are. Vegas agrees. They say this, this is an over-under of 49.5. So, oh, I have... I'm not sure what I'm looking at, but I have 53 as the over-under. Whoa, where are you? I don't know, man. I'm on Odd Shark. Where are you? I don't even know. What do you mean you don't know? Action. Yeah, but Action doesn't have their own odds. I don't know where they get the odds from. Oh, the action, and the action and honestly, I didn't want to say Action because I don't like Action. I'm not <laughs> um, it's just they have an easy layout for odds. <laughs> let's move on to the Bills at the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, losers of two in a row, now facing a situation where, get this, are you ready for this? If the Bills win this game, the I know, Bills dude. will be in first place in the AFC East. What the fuck? What like, is happening? What? It's week um, 16, and the Pats might not be in first in the AFC East. Or in the AFC period. What's going on? It's funny because we're all like, oh, my God, the Pats. What's hell? They're 11-3. and three. Um, So the Pats are obviously on the downswing. The Bills are absolutely on the upswing. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills going to New England. Um, earlier this year, they went to New England, um, and they put up 10 points. Uh, obviously, that was at the height 
of the Patriots' uh, kind of run, especially their defensive run. The Patriots have not been bad uh, defensively, but they have not been the same team that they were. So Josh Allen is the question. A lot of people are in this situation right now because of Josh Allen. Uh, Last week, again, Josh Allen gets another rushing touchdown. He's their goal linebacker. Like, Josh Allen is the goal linebacker. You got to think, though, that the Patriots are going to try and stop Josh Allen from running. With that being said, is Josh Allen a trustable start for you? No. I I can't do it. I mean, in his last two games against the Patriots, his combined fantasy points is 20. And that includes a rushing touchdown. I just can't start a guy who I still think he's not a good enough passer. I can't trust a guy who can't throw against the Patriots. I don't care how high the rushing upside is. Because if you're throwing a guy in your championship lineup hoping for a rushing touchdown, come on. I mean, Lamar Lamar Jackson. You need to – yeah, but Lamar Jackson's a MVP. He's also leading the league in passing touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) Josh Allen has 18 passing touchdowns, nine rushing touchdowns. That's I love that, man. I don't. Nine rushing touchdowns is beautiful. There's basically no chance he throws more than one passing touchdown against the Patriots. Last time he played to me at 153 yards, and that was home. This time it's in Foxborough. He hasn't passed 153 yards against Baltimore or Pitt the last two weeks. So if we're looking at 150 yards, one touchdown, that's 10 points. Give him 30 rushing yards, that's 13 points. You're going to bank on a rushing touchdown. A to get to t- 19. Yeah, a rushing touchdown puts him over the top. And 19, over the top, that 19 is probably a 10th quarterback type score. I'm taking my odds on with someone else. Hmm, interesting. We'll get into the more quarterbacks to see who can sub out of your lineups for Josh Allen. No chance that Josh Allen pulls off some hero ball here? No. Nah. So that means you probably don't like Josh Allen's weapons either. John Brown, who's probably going to be covered by Stephon Gilmore. Um... Cole Beasley completely shit the bed. Uh, shout out to our brother Johnny who started Cole Beasley over Anthony Miller and lost because of that. Uh, that was a tough one. Shout out to Johnny. Our hearts and prayers are with you. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, it's Dawson, so rough, man. Dawson Knox, uh, Andre Robert. I feel bad for Johnny because you guys know I'm the, I am the Cole Beasley hater on this podcast. Yes. So if I was around, he may have got different advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're not starting any of these guys in the Bills? Um, The only guy I'm considering is John Brown. John Brown's been the most consistent all year. But if you look back at what he's been doing recently, because right now, recency bias is okay. Uh, You need people who are hot now. You need people who are going to perform, especially when the matchup is as difficult as Pitt. And John Brown, the last four games, half of them, he's only had four targets. Half of them, he's had less than... Three-fourths of them, he's at less than 40 yards. Uh, you probably had John Brown in your lineup as a mainstay most of the season. If you picked up Rashad Perriman, for example, you could put him in. Um, John Brown, five receptions for 69 yards last time he played the Patriots. A little bit of a caveat, last time the Patriots played the Bills, um, Josh Allen got hurt and Matt Barkley had to come in. But Josh Allen left that game with 153 yards and three interceptions. Um, and a rushing touchdown, though. So whatever that for for whatever that's worth. Um, what about Devin Singletary against the Patriots defense? Who, if they can be beat, it's been on the ground. Yeah, Singletary. I mean, Frank Gore is always around. He's not going anywhere, so we got to deal with that. And Singletary's still seeing a lot of work. 
the annoying part is sometimes you see Frank Gore in the goal line. That's, that's really the that's upsetting horrible. part. And and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's really their goal line back. That too. So he's kind of third in the pecking order by the goal line. And he's been really good. He gets around 20 carries a game. He's always reaching at least that 80-yard mark. So his floor is basically eight, which isn't bad. But he's not going to catch a lot of balls. He's caught a few more balls recently. If I can stay away from the Patriots, the Bills offense this week, I'm going to. Singletary is my favorite of the whole bunch, but I don't think he's a must-start. Um, just Football Outsiders has a stat called DVOA, and it represents the value of in the point of view of the defense. Um, so, with that being said, the Patriots rank number one against a number one receiver, number one against a number two receiver, number one against a slot wide receiver, number six against the tight end. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Number one across the board. So um, every time that offense is struggling, the defense recovers a punt fumble. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, the returner muffs a punt, and the Patriots land on it every single time. The the punts, the Patriots punt like for the third time in a row. <laughs> um, Ridiculous. It's almost as if they're like like tape recording the sidelines or something. Um, <laughs> this game is going to be a low scoring game. I think that's. That's definitely evident, and Vegas thinks so too. The over under in this game is thirty six and a half. So we're a little um, more online. I got thirty eight and a half here. Yeah. So not, we'll go with your numbers. They seem better. Yeah. Well, you know, Odd Shark. Get on Odd Shark. That's the best part. That's the best one. All right. Let's go over to the New England Patriots side, though. Tom Brady is the lowest rated quarterback in the league the past six weeks, which is kind of unbelievable. But he struggled big time against the Cincinnati Bengals of all teams. Thomas Bartholomew Brady. 128 yards and two touchdowns for Thomas Bartholomew Brady. Um, how can you start Tom Brady against you this can't. defense? You can't. So let's move no on. Way. Yeah. No one's starting Tom Brady at this point. Um, but you can start his weapons. And particularly, let's start with the running backs because. Usually, you don't know who to start in this backfield. Last game, if you started any of the three starting running backs, you were at least mildly happy. Sony Michelle, 19 for 89 on the ground, so a good game for him. Rex Burkhead. They couldn't even get in the end zone. Rex Burkhead, 6 for 53 with a touchdown. James White had three receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had three carries for 13 yards. Sony Michelle had a catch for 14 yards. So Rex Burke had two catches for six yards. So all three of these running backs were viable, but this time they're playing a much better defense in Buffalo. Uh, do you like these? Do you like these these running backs? First, I want to say, of course, Burke had scored in his revenge game against the Bengals. We should have saw that from a mile away. Oh yeah, the, the old Burkehead revenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Listen, Sony Michelle got a lot of carries, 89 yards. Couldn't even find the end zone against the Bengals, who both times the Ravens played them this year. I said, fire up Mark Ingram because he's going to score a touchdown. He couldn't even do that. Forget Mark Ingram. I mean, Sony Michelle. There's no way I'm putting him in my lineup for this week. Just there's no upside there at the moment. He's not going to score three touchdowns against the Bills. James White is a little bit more intriguing to me. His numbers are buoyed by the touchdown from last week. He only had six touches. I do think against the Bills, though, this can be a very James White 10-target-esque game. Actually, by chance, looking at what he did against Buffalo in Week 4, he had 10 targets with eight, eight catches and 57 yards. And I think you'll have a similar line here. Buffalo is 
great on the outside. Tredavious White is a beast. Uh, the Patriots, I think Brady's been struggling. They're going to try to funnel passes short to Edelman and short to James White. I think it's going to be a James White type week. Are you trusting any of these wide receivers? Julian Edelman had a shit game last week. Uh, two of nine. Two, four, nine. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if people have been following my rankings, I've been ranking Julian Edelman a lot lower than most people. Like in the back teens or 20s. Cause just cause I don't think people are putting him as a wide receiver one. He doesn't have that upside. Even in his best games this season, he's putting up 20. And 20 is a good amount. But that's not like if you're ranking him seventh, he's not going to end there. He's not going to be the seventh wide receiver. And against Buffalo, too, that's a tough matchup there. I don't see a, a great game here. He's going to have to find the end zone to be really good. Um, I wouldn't be against sitting with Julian Edelman if you have a better option, if I'm being completely honest. I know that that seems kind of crazy. I know that you're probably going to start him, and I don't blame you if you do. Don't be surprised if it's a bad game, though. Julian Edelman or Rashad Perriman? Depends on my team. If I'm going for upside, I'm Jason, starting Perriman. Do it. do it, Jason. You know you want to. Do if it. If I'm going for Just upside, I'm starting at Perriman. Yes, yes, you wanted to say that, and you did. Buffalo, number three in DVOA against the number one wide receiver. Number four against the number two. Number 10 against the the um, the slot. So still top third in the league, but if you're going to beat him with a wide receiver, it's usually the slot wide receiver you're beating him with. Um, yeah, you're not starting to kill Harry or Muhammad Sanu. Uh, get out of here with that. This is championship week. We're not we're not going to waste time on those guys. Let's let's move on to our last Thursday matchup, and that is da, 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 Saturday matchup. Saturday, excuse me. The Rams at the 49ers in an NFC West showdown. Let's go over to the Rams because the Rams um, got shellacked last week. They were on a roll. Everyone was like, "Oh, look at the Rams. They have a chance to make the playoffs." And then, ba boom, they got. Dick slapped in the face by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, That's a good adjective for what happened. I mean, they really just just back and forth. Um, Jared Jared Goff was still decent, but he was not the monster that he had been the past couple games. 33 for 51, so the completion percentage was down. But 284 and two touchdowns and an interception. So he had a respectable game. Um, This week, it's going to be hard to start him against the 49ers defense that's this good. I concur. Um, take Jared Goff. I, I was going to say bench him. You know what? Just release him for the heck of it. Say, so, you know what? You disappointed me this season. Maybe so use him as bait. I don't want you on my final roster because you know how you can go back and check your final roster and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I had on my team. And then you always got that random guy you picked up in week 16. Forget Jared Goff. You don't need him on your team. <laughs> Pick up on Johnson so that your team looks looks better when you go back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember I used to do that when I was a little kid. I used to like go and pick up the injured free agents. So when I went back, I'm like, yo, look at my team was a beast. Um, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley did not have his best game on the ground, to say the least. 11 for 20 on the ground. The yuckers, as Michael would say. 3 for 18 in the air. Yuckaroozies. But what did he do? The Todd Gurley thing. Two touchdowns. So he salvaged his day. Um, what are the odds that he continues his hot streak in terms of fantasy points scored against the number one defense in the league? Who, by the way, uh, is second in the league against the running back out of the backfield. I would just like to say, when it comes to Todd Gurley, it's not a hot streak. It's Todd Gurley. All this talk this offseason about his bad knees, all this talk during the season that he's been disappointing – and if you look, he's only scored three games this entire season with less than 10 half PPR fantasy points. 
He has been a super consistent high-end RB2. He hasn't been the same Todd Gurley we all know and love, but the last three weeks he's been 18, 19, and 19. And I know it's a tough matchup, but San Francisco has been beat on the ground a little bit more recently. They got lit up by the Saints a couple weeks ago. Their defense is struggling with injuries, and they just lost to the Falcons too. Like It's not like it's a bulletproof defense that it was earlier in the year. Um, and Devontae Freeman had a pretty good game. Not Yeah, exactly. Freeman had a pretty good game. Really sucks for the Niners because they could have used that buy. But anyway, I'm okay. I'm throwing out Todd Gurley this week. He's going to keep getting the ball. He's going to get it near the end zone. The Rams got nothing to lose at this point. Just to be clear, when he says, I'm throwing out Todd Gurley this mean, that means he's putting him in his lineup to play him. He's not throwing him out. Terrible terminology. Yeah, just terrible, Jason. You're, come on, you're a lawyer. You're supposed to, you're um, supposed to have clear vocabulary over here. You know what? I, I'm losing my luster. I'm gonna throw you. Beyond I'm more. gonna throw you off the Chicky <laughs> Hines case. Um, over under in this game is 45 in Vegas, so they expect points to be scored. So let's go to the outside wide receivers here. Um, let's actually let's go to the inside. Tyler Higby, what? 12 receptions <laughs> for 111 yards. It continues his hot streak. And something I've been mentioning in the review shows uh, with Michael, and I think in these shows, is that Tyler Higby got an extension halfway through this season. And you don't give extensions to players that you don't like. So this team obviously likes Tyler Higby. They gave him a receiver number, um, and he's playing like a receiver. Uh, 12 receptions for 111 yards, and this is his third game in a row with 100 yards. This is his third game in a row with over 10 targets. Do you think that continues against, again, one of the better defenses in the league and number the number two DVOA defense against tight ends? So... This team is really good at facing tight ends out of the backfield. Really good at, I mean, facing tight ends, really good against running backs out of the backfield, which is the Rams' bread and butter. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, that's the issue here. There's um, there's a lot of ways this one can go. Uh, sneak peek into the true values that we have not released yet. Tyler Higby is going to be somewhere around the 12 to 14 range, actually a little bit above his teammate Gerald Everett. So he's been more productive all on the field this season. And... I just think, look, Jared Goff is on the road at San Francisco. He does not play great on the road. He's likely probably, though, to utilize his tight ends more on the road. They're likely to take a more conservative approach against the Niners, try to ride Todd Gurley, their tight ends. That's what been, they've been doing, and it's been working until they play the Cowboys. I, I'm okay with Tyler Higby this week. I think he's a good play. You got to, I mean, when do you see a tight end that's going to have 100 yards three weeks in a row? I know it's a tough matchup, but I'm throwing him out there. You know, threesomes sound good. Um, but most of the time when you're going to a place where people are willing to have a threesome, it's because they're really ugly and not attractive at all. And this threesome sounded really good, especially after last year. You heard some great things about this threesome, but it ended up being a not so good threesome. And last week, this threesome really struggled, and that was Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and, of course, Robert Woods. Robert Woods is a guy who definitely cost a lot of people a lot of games. Um, I mentioned earlier my team that scored 250 more points than everyone else in the league, put up 107 last week, and I lost. One of the reasons is because I had Robert Woods starting, and he went 4 for 17. Uh, Brandon Cooks, 4 for 46. Cooper Cup, 6 for 41, but did have that TD. So with that being said, um, you know that this passing defense is great for San Francisco. Richard Sherman is back this week. So with that being said, how do you feel about these wideouts? 
Um, I kind of feel how I did last week. So Brandon Cooks, no bueno. Uh, Cooper Cup, pretty touchdown dependent at this point. His numbers have been buoyed recently because he scored a touchdown three straight games. Robert Woods, I'm still throwing out there, man. Even with a tough week last week, he had nine targets. Hmm. He hasn't had less than nine targets since week eight. Uh, it's just someone that you have to keep. Someone getting that much volume, you just got to throw out there. And he had 95 yards four games in a row before last week. Just call it a blip on the radar. Call it whatever you want. I can't sit a guy who's been that hot. Dude, I'm just looking at the 49ers schedule now as we as we switch over to the 49ers. The last five weeks for them, the rate the, the last six weeks, let's go six weeks. The Packers, the Ravens, the Saints, the Falcons, the Rams, the Seahawks. Talk about needing to earn your stripes at the end of the season. Jesus. That is some kind of murderer's row right there. And the Falcons was the easiest team in that whole bunch, and they lost to them. Uh, go figure, right? So yeah. the Rams, uh, we went over the Rams. Let's go over the 49ers now. Um, the 49ers are a hard team to figure out because it seems like their offense is inconsistent. You don't know where they're, um, where they're going to come from uh, every week. You don't know what they're, you know what, how they're going to approach things. Uh, but with that being said, Raheem Mostert. Got the touchdown, saved your season. Um, Tevin Coleman, four carries for 40 yards. Interesting situation there. Uh, Matt Breida fumbled twice. So in a rotating situation, not good news for Matt Breida. So with that being said, Raheem Mostert, got to start him. Indeed, that is correct. So uh, lead back with Kyle Shanahan offense, you start him. Even like last week, even when he struggles, he'll probably find the end zone to save his day yeah hopefully Kyle Juszczyk doesn't get another touchdown uh Jimmy G against this 49 I mean against this Rams defense the Rams defense has been on and off this year they've had games where they completely shut down opponents and they've had games where opponents do literally whatever the hell they want to them um with that being said in terms of DVOA the DVOA kind of matches that 11th against the number one wide receiver 10th against the number two 11th against the slot so uh, 10th and 10th against the tight end um, they are 24th against the running back out of the backfield. So good news for Raheem Mostert there. But do you believe in Jimmy G? And can you trust any of his weapons in this game? Um, besides let's George stay, Kittle, let's stay away from George Kittle. I want to talk about him by himself. I'm, I'm talking about the outside weapons. Yeah. Besides the men among boys. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not starting any of these guys. Really? Not, Debo, only one catch last week. I'm Emmanuel Sanders. If you were chasing points and started Emmanuel this Sanders. Is- this is Bad too predictable idea. at this point. Jimmy Garoppolo has scored over 20 fantasy points against the Bengals, against the Cardinals, against the Cardinals, and against the Saints in a shootout. I don't think this is a matchup where Jimmy G is going to be Jimmy Grand Master 3000. Uh, I think he's going to be Jimmy Grandmaster 1000. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? He's he's been mediocre and then he has great games. And I mean that's all they need in real life, but in fantasy it's not what I want. Against the Rams, I'm not <laughs> trusting it. Emmanuel Sanders has had two good games as a 49er. Debo Samuel has made a lot from a little often. We see all the highlights of Debo Samuel is him taking a forty a, a slant forty yards to the house. He's a fast dude. I'm not banking on that. I mean if you need a home run, Debo Samuel is not the worst person. This is to play. all assuming you have a better option. Right. <laughs> like, if you need a home run, he's not the 
the worst thing, but I would I would also stay away. I think Raheem Mostert's a home run in this one. I'm going to rank him high. I might rank him in the running back one territory. I'd also be very happy with Mostert. Um, is that it? Anyone else in that game? George Kittle. Oh, how could I forget George Kittle? I, I said I want to wait for George Kittle, and then I just skipped George Kittle. Uh, yep. Talk about George Kittle, Jason. He's the fucking man. I love that guy, man. He's so good. Jason, you know, I just want to put that out there just to remind people who might be new Brodo listeners. Jason, in the beginning of last season, was adamant. He's like, I'm drafting George Kittle in every single league. He's going to be my starting tight end, and that's it. And there was leagues where George Kittle was completely – I know I listen to the fantasy footballers. I shout them out a lot. Shout out Andy Holloway. He dropped 44 fab on George Kittle um, in week one, and he was like, it was the best thing I've ever done. I'm like, yeah, well, Jason got him in the 16th round. In every single, in every single, and that's why you won mad championships last year. One of the reasons why you won mad championships last year is because you had that big ass advantage at tight end in the 16th round. Um, I mean, you're starting him with supreme confidence. There's really not much to say besides that. I mean, he had like 75% of Garoppolo's yards last week. I think he had like 51% of the targets in the game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He had 17 targets, dude. It's insane. Fire him up! Like, what? What more could you want from the Holy, man? Yo, dude, do you understand what the number seventeen is? That's it's ridiculous. One, it's one more than sixteen. He Garoppolo only attempted thirty-four passes. It's literally half of his. Literally half Kittle. of his passes went to George Kittle. Honestly, want, he hasn't thrown to George Kittle enough this year, so I like that that happened. I want that guy. I want that guy on my team. Um, let's go over to the next game: the Steelers at the Jets. Um, the Jets. Five and nine. The Steelers looking to get into the playoff race. So one team's gonna have something to play for. One team is not. But dun dun dun. Revenge game narrative. Let's start on the New York Jets side. Le'Veon Bell returns. Well, not really returns because it's in New York, but plays against the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time since leaving his teammates high and dry, as some people think, on his team. Um Le'Veon Bell has been a complete and utter disappointment the last two games. Um, before that, he was a pretty consistent RB2, um, but he's been really, really bad the last couple of games. But I would not be surprised if the Jets feed him and he kind of has a little bit of a breakout game. I am not scared to start Le'Veon Bell this week. I mean, he still had 87 yards last week. The Jets really honed in on feeding him, which is funny because... It was not a game where you should have been feeding your running back. Lamar Jackson on the other side, just killing it. Adam Gase. Yeah. Anyway, um, he hasn't been awful. He's probably going to get you at least eight half PPR points. I mean, he's, I hate to say it, he's kind of been Carlos Hyde with a little bit of a higher floor because he'll catch a few more passes. His running game looks a lot like Carlos Hyde, statistic-wise. Um, but there's a little bit more upside there. The revenge game narrative helps a little bit because this is not a good matchup. No. Uh, He's an RB2. He's not an RB1. Uh, and if you have, I'd start Kenny on Drake over him, for example. If you have other guys, I'd start Miles Sanders over him, Raheem Mostert. So if you have guys that you were able to get off the waiver wire recently or uh, someone that's been on your bench maybe, those are guys that start over Le'Veon Bell, but I'm not giving up on him. I have him at 22 at the moment um, in my rankings because he does have a solid floor. All he has to do is find the end zone against his old team, which I'm sure he's going to want to do. Um. Speaking of guys that you could trust and guys that you can't trust against this matchup, we got we have a situation where they are 30th against the slot receiver in DVOA. 
And Jameson Crowder just carved up the the Ravens defense. And, man, I should let you know that the reason why I didn't win in that matchup, even though I put up 107, I could have st- still won, was because I sat Jameson fucking Crowder. And Dwayne, because he was on a Thursday, and Dwayne uh, Washington ended up not doing anything because Josh Jacobs was back, so I had to start fucking Ian Thomas in that spot, and that was the worst shit ever. Um, but now that I'm done bitching and moaning about that, Jamison Crowder is in a pretty good spot here against a Pittsburgh defense that has not been good against the, the slot receiver. Yeah, I agree. I think that Jamison Crowder has been a go-to for Sam Darnold in tougher matchups. Uh, example, Buffalo, 17 targets. Dallas, 9 targets. New England, he had five. Washington, he had eight. Washington is kind of underrated defense on the outside. Baltimore, he had 11 targets. He's been a safety blanket for Sam Darnold, who he gets thrown to more when the matchup is tougher. And you want to attack the Steelers through the air with the slot receiver. Um, so I do think that of the options of the Jets receivers, Jamison Crowder is the one I want. I don't want to start Robbie Anderson. He had... 40-yard catch at the end of uh, week. At the end of last week, seems like a long time ago because it was Thursday. At the end of last week, uh, that made his stats look like they were better than they really were. Jameson Crowder is the guy I'd want from this Jets wide receiver core as a flex play at best, though. PPR is a little bit more appeal, but you can do better than an offense against the Steelers, most likely. One interesting stat that I just want to throw out there. The Steelers have given up the third most the third most passes of 40 plus yards this year. 13 passes of 40 plus yards. That is tied with the Oakland Raiders and the New York Giants for most in the league for third most in the league. Is you talking Robbie Anderson right now, my man? I'm talking a little Robbie and the Houston Texans have given up 17 and the Chiefs have given up 14. So Jameson Crowder's 40th. Stop it. Hmm? <laughs> Jameson Crowder's 40th in true throw value, target value. That's probably where we're going to have him around this week. He's a decent flex play. Robbie Anderson's a little lower. Can you 54. start? Can you start Sam Donald in this game? No. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, although he's been, he played well against the Ravens, but you can't start him in this game. Let's go over to the Steelers side because the Steelers, you know, last time I checked, not committed to to Duck Hodges. Although it does look like Duck Hodges will start this game. They this, did name him the starter officially. Oh, they okay officially named the starter. But even though he's officially named the starter, not an offense that you are excited about in the least bit. In terms of Vegas, the over-under in this game is 37. Yuckers. Um, Two good defenses here. Um, One well-coached defense. One well-coached plus talented defense on the Steelers' side. Last week, they held the Bills down. So with that being said, can you start anyone that catches... Passes for the Steelers. I'm sorry, I have the hiccups all of a sudden. I no. The answer is no. Yeah, you can't. I mean, not in a championship game. No, they'll do it. I know people are just keep talking about James Washington, and somehow he's catching long passes. But I'm not. I'm not trusting Duck Hodges to connect with someone on a long pass against the Jets' underrated secondary. Not doing it. Uh, a name that not many people know about. Bless on Austin. He's a guy that we have talked about. Um, we have talked about a lot on this show. He has given up the fifth least uh, yards per coverage snap since he started, since he took over. 
So bless on Austin is going to be the Jets secondary is better than it was with him on there. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, let's talk about a guy that I do want to start in this game, though, and that's James Conner. You saw James Conner get back into the thick of things last week. Um, now, he only had eight carries, but when you think about this, Kareth White had one carry, Benny Snell had two carries, Jalen Samuel had two carries. It's not like he was splitting the workload. He got the vast majority of the work, and James Conner didn't split the workload? Ooh. And he got what a four, revelation. And he got four receptions for nine yards where he just fought for a touchdown. It was good to see that. I think he gets they're gonna want to get him back into the swing of things going into the to the playoffs. It's not a case where they'll rest him because they need to win, and the Jets have pulled off upset games in the past, uh, this season. I think that James Conner is a good play in this game. I do too. I the Jets do have a good run defense. And because Lamar Jackson doesn't count. So just general running back defense. They have a good run defense. Now, um, they are 20th in DVOA against running backs out of the backfield, which is good for James Conner. Yeah, James Conner's been catching the ball uh, recently. I mean, he had four four targets, one target against the Browns, three, seven if we're going back. So he's been getting looks from his quarterbacks all season. All he has to do is find the end zone. This is a game where I think it's going to be ugly. We both said it. It's probably Vegas thinks so too. And it's going to be a game where I think they rely on James Conner. So with volume, you hope comes good stuff because the Jets defense isn't that great. Can we get a round of applause for our next game? Drewth, Breeze. Um, I think his first name is Drewsith. Uh, Drewsith Breeze sets the all-time record for most patching, passing touchdowns. Tom Brady is also three on that list. He's only four behind Drew Brees, so you, you kind of imagine that it's going to be a seesaw. But I think Drew Brees has more years left in him than Tom Brady I don't think does. it's going to be a seesaw. I yeah. think unless Tom Brady passes him this week, I think Drew Brees is going to hold that record. Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, he's definitely going to pass Peyton Manning as Tom Brady. But let's go over to the New Orleans Saints um, and talk about this offense against a Tennessee defense that's also been really up and down. Like, the Tennessee is one of those defenses where – one week they're really good, and one week they can get beat. So um, they've been hard to track. But let's go to the Saints side. Drew Brees, four touchdowns in that home game this week, not at home. Um, so we've historically said do not play Drew Brees at home. But coming off a game where he set the touchdown record, and I think even more importantly, more impressively than the touchdown record, he was 29 for 30 on passes. Dude, I didn't even realize until he said it. 29 for... He had one incompletion, guys. Yeah, imagine how... I wish he didn't throw it in completion. I wonder if that incompletion... I didn't go back and watch the tape like to see what his incompletions were, but I wonder if that incompletion was the pass touchdown they called back. No, it was a penalty. You told him. Does that... Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. Um, let's... So, Drew Brees, are you playing him? <sighs> Probably. It's a, this is a tough one, man. This has bad game rate all over it. He's coming off the hive, breaking a damn touchdown record. Celebrated it twice. Uh, and last time he was on the road was against Atlanta when he had 184 yards and one touchdown. Before that, it was against Tampa. He only had 228 yards. I'm not starting him. He had three touchdowns, which kept his numbers up. I'm not starting but him on the road. I, you might be right. I'm not. I just refuse to. 
I've been burned too many times in history. And he might he might have a good game. I admit it. It's not like I'm saying you must not play him. But I will tell you that every single time I'm like, oh no, this is the year Drew Brees does well on the road. Or oh no, this is the one this is the time where Drew Brees follows up a good home game and a good road game. He always disappoints me. Always. Every single time. So I'm not doing it. Sorry. I, I'm gonna have him somewhere in the back end quarterback one range just because there's not that many options that I trust this week. I don't want to start Garoppolo against the Rams. I don't want to start Rivers against Oakland. I'd rather not start Rodgers against Minnesota, if I'm being honest. So there's a chance I'm starting to breeze if I have him. It, it could be one of those games, though. One of those inexplicable games. Inexplicable, I tell you. Um, I'll tell you who you're definitely starting. Tennessee is 28th in DVOA against a number one wide receiver, and they're playing the number one wide receiver. If you have Michael Thomas, you've been really happy so far. Congratulations, you're about to be happy again because Michael Thomas is about to go ham sandwich. I like ham sandwiches. I've had a lot this week. Had a lot of ham sandwiches. A lot of ham and turkey sandwiches. Living that that college life over there. Huh? Yo, I make some good sandwiches, man. <laughs> get this good bread. Yo, Jason, you going to come back a little fat? Put some pickles? No, I've lost weight since You How? I don't. I cook my own food, and I don't eat as much as I do at home. For those who don't know, Papa Petrop, does he pile a plate? My goodness. Yeah, that guy, uh, there's a reason why I look the way I look, and it's because <laughs> somehow Jason, you know, we used to make fun of Jason when he was a kid. Because he always used to leave food in his plate. And all the rest of us would be like, oh, you pussy. Just eat, eat all your food. And he's like, no. Because Jason would never eat his whole plate. He, even if it was like he'll eat, leave one piece of little chicken, he would never. And who knew? Now Jason's in the best shape of all the Petropolises. Don't get it wrong, though. If I, if I like something and I'm hungry, can I eat? I mean, yeah. I mean, you are. your last name is also Petropolis <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, gotta let the people know. Gotta let the people know. that We are Greek to the core, and that includes loving to eat. Um, so Michael Thomas... Straight. He's going to eat as much as He's, the Petropolis. He, ah, Jason, well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, Jared Cook had a little bit of a disappointing game last week, 4 for 54 after really killing it. Um, you know, as the weeks were going on, really giving it, uh, looking like a tight end one. Um, Tennessee against the against the tight end, 22nd in DVOA. So a winnable matchup here. Do you think that this is the matchup to win? Call me crazy, but four for 54 is not a bad day for a tight end. Eh, especially in PPR and half PPR. That's true. But, I mean, yeah. compared to what he's been getting you, it was disappointing. No, I agree. But that's because he's been finding the end zone mostly. He had two touchdowns the week before and two catches. But you got to keep throwing him out there. If you look at the options, if you look at what they are here uh, in the tight end landscape, even if Drew Brees struggles, Jared Cook is still going to see a decent amount of targets. And there's not someone on the waiver wire. I'm trusting more. Mike Gesicki, no offense. I cannot trust those guys more than Jared Cook. Can I just say one thing? Shout out to our our guy, uh, our Brodo fan from day one, uh, Tingle member, um, Jordan. I, was, I won't say your last name, just in case you know the feds are watching. But Jordan got into the University of Oregon. Congratulations, bro. Congrats, man. That's dope. I remember thing. we were at the... Well, we all went to a... Uh, Mets game together. They were visiting New York, got us tickets. It was great. And I remember him telling us that he was applying to Oregon and wanted to get in there. So congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, bro. It's good, good shit. It's going to uh, be a dope football games to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And now we'll have like a little connection so we could care. Yo, whatever you do, tell Matt Rule to come over. No, Matt Rule's Baylor. I'm bugging. Um, 
maybe Justin Herbert. I don't know. No, we have Sam Darnold. Okay, well, that's the end of that. Um, where were we? What team were we on? Jason, talk to me. Oh, the Saints. Um, and we talked about Jared Cook. Look, there some matchups are better than others. Um, we know we stay away from Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith um, on the road. But Tennessee is dead last in DVOA against a slot receiver. So is this a game where you could sneak Taysom Hill into your lineup somehow? Dude, I was thinking that last week. <laughs> Yo, I, like, dude, I wouldn't be he, opposed to like, starting him in, like, DFS. Is he someone that needs to be started? If he was a tight end, where are the options? Yes, yes. Then we could be talking. Yes, if he was QB slash tight end, we're, you're, we're in there. As a quarterback? No. No, I mean, you can't start him as a quarterback. And you can't start him unless you have a super flex. Taysom Hill. The the guy that on the waiver wires where I always go by and I'm like, hmm, Taysom Hill. And then I never pick him up um, because you can't. Uh, let's go over to the running backs. Alvin Kamara just doesn't look like the same guy anymore. I, he has to be hurt or something. He man. has to be, man. Five for 23. He just He's not slipping tackles the way he used to. He's not having as much fun on the field if you watch him. Yeah. Five for 23 on the ground. Uh, 14 for 66. I'm, I'm sorry, 14 for 66 on the ground, 5 for 23 through the air, which is, you know, we, we, we're talking about him not being the same guy, but that's 19 touches uh, and a total of 87 yards, averaging 4.7 yards a touch. That's not bad numbers, but if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you're just like, ah, oh, this is not what I got. It's not Kamara owner. Yeah, it's, it's always looked so uh, seamless with Kamara. He would just smooth break out of tackles. It, he doesn't look the same right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's him being injured, um, but it sucks going into your. A lot of people probably don't have Kamara if they're in the championship right now. Oh, that's probably what's going on right now. But another shout out to Johnny, our brother who had Kamara and lost in a and, and lost a close one. Lost got, in a nail biter. He got screwed by AK. Yeah. Uh. So I he's more of a RB two, but if you have him, I don't see you having a better replacement option. Um, moving on like, to the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say a bench running back over Kamara. I just can't see it happening. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans side. AJ Brown has been the talk of the town. He went from kind of like home run guy to a guy who's more, he's been more consistent, but he does get one of his tougher matchups in Marshawn Lattimore this week. Um, Jason, are you shying away from AJ Brown at all? Or are you playing him with confidence? What do you think, my dog? I think you're playing him with confidence. I believe in my formula, my true <laughs> value formula. And right now, again, we don't have a week 15 released yet, but I can tell you confidently because I am looking at them that Ryan Tannehill is going to be number one again. Uh, he did not go anywhere last week. He played good enough to maintain his number one role. Most valuable throw on earth right now. And A.J. Brown is the guy getting those. Uh, it was great to see 13 targets because the only concern with A.J. Brown was that he was being so efficient. Mm -hmm. But if he gets that much volume, gotta play him. you combine volume and efficiency, you know what? It's not surprising that he's been the number one receiver in the NFL over the last week, uh, for, over the last month. And PFF, when you look at their matchups uh, with wide receivers and cornerbacks, only gives Marshawn Lattimore minus 4% on A.J. Brown. So... Basically, what the math says is he's only going. He's only minus four percent of what he could be, so basically nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still throwing him out there. I don't think there's anything. Marshawn Lattimore hasn't been a shutdown corner. He's a good corner, but we don't got to shy away from every good corner. 
Facts. Um, Ryan Tannehill, like Jason said, number one in true throw value, had a decent game last week. Um, if you just take his passing, I was gonna say just decent, right? If you just take his passing, then just yawning, you were yawning also, at his games now of twenty five points. Nah, because then he also <laughs> ran in a touchdown. So that makes it that goes from nineteen to twenty six. All right, you're the guy. Oh, you're gonna bank on Josh Allen. Yeah, well, Josh Allen is thirteen or nineteen. Well, this, this. well, it, <laughs> six points counts. All right, and nineteen. To 25 is a big jump, and he got you that last week. Derrick Henry actually stayed out of the end zone. Um, you got to start Ryan Tannehill in this matchup, period. He's a starter now, period. Yes. If he's on your team, you're starting him. He is the number one. He has the most valuable throw in the league, like Jason just said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's facing the Saints, who just got lit up by Garoppolo a couple of weeks ago. And don't even get me started on Jacoby Brissett. Don't even get me started on Marlon Mack. Don't even get me started on the Colts. Because apparently I'm the only person who understands the Colts offense. I'll get to that later, I guess. Because I'm the only one that said Pascal is good. That Brissett sucks and that Marlon Mack sucks. And it's just all coming true. And the only and I don't want to suck myself off. but Suck, Jason. Apparently I'm the only person who could see the Colts for what they are. A super mediocre team. Everyone on that team pisses me off. I don't know why they get any love. New Orleans across the board is like a mid-range defense too, so no reason to like fade people because they're playing New Orleans. Um, Jonu Smith, 5 for 60 last week. Can you play him? Sure. I'd, I'd prefer not to. Um, Corey Davis. <laughs> Let's go over to Derrick Henry. 21 <laughs> carries for 86 yards for Derrick Henry. Got a few... Um, touches in the red zone, but just was ne never able to get any space on his runs. He was, uh, like I, I've been saying this for years, Derrick Henry, even though he's big, is not a bruiser. He's a guy who needs space. He's a guy who needs to, let you know, extend his arm, get those stiff arms going. Wasn't able to do that at all, so he kind of got stifled last week. Do you expect him to bounce back? Dude, my mind was, like, super confused when you said Derrick Henry's stat line and didn't end it with end a touchdown. I know, right? It's like, what? He didn't score a touchdown, huh? Like, my brain said, and a touchdown, but you just kept saying different words. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> he didn't score a touchdown. So, it, it, New Orleans is a pretty hard matchup. Um, their run defense is pretty good, but if anyone's going to beat a good run defense, it's Derrick Henry. All right, let's go on to our sixth game of the week. Um, Panthers at the Colts is the next matchup. Interesting situation with the Panthers. Um, new head coach. New quarterback. So a lot of question marks going into championship week with your Panthers. And that's a bad look because DJ Moore is probably someone that you have banked on and someone that has been great for you. Last week, eight receptions for 113 yards. So the question is, DJ Moore, how much are you trusting him? Uh, with Will Greer at quarterback? With Will Greer Because Kyle Allen was benched. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mentioned that there was a change of quarterback. I didn't mention what the change was. My bad. Yeah, well, Greer is an accurate quarterback, but he did not look good in the preseason. Looked terrible um, against backups in the preseason. But then again, he was, you know, a rookie. His arm strength is the question mark here. He was a prolific passer in, in college, but we've seen that before. Yeah. Um, it's You're probably going to start him. He's still the wide receiver one. He's still going to see targets. And he's been great no matter who the quarterback all year. Uh, he still put up 16 last week, even with his benched quarterback. So you're probably still going to start him. It's just more confusion than there would have been. Um, Indianapolis at the moment in Carolina, a 56 point over under. I didn't mention New Orleans and Tennessee as a 50 and a half points over under. So we thought there was going to be points scored, and Vegas concurs. Um, 
Carolina and India, 46 and a half point over under. Indy, the seven point favorite. So a lot of um, points are is, is being given to Indy. You were talking about, um, well, you know what? We'll get to Indy in a second. Let's stay on Pan- the Panthers for right now. Um, Christian McCaffrey, you know, lock it up. They're going to give yeah. him the ball. Um, yeah. Besides that, can you really, can you start Curtis Thomas? Can you start, I mean, Curtis Samuel? Can you start Ian Thomas? Uh, Curtis Samuel is someone that uh, DJ Moore has been super consistent. You can keep throwing him out there. Curtis Samuel is a different story, in my opinion. He's been very touchdown dependent. Up recently. and down, this dude, man. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like you I'm, talk about a wild card. He finds the end zone, you're happy. He doesn't, you're not happy. Uh, I'm probably going to go elsewhere. I, I would say if you have Curtis Samuel on your team and you're the underdog, don't play him. If you're the favorite, then you can maybe afford to play him. Eh. In my opinion, in my opinion. Like, if you have DeAndre Hopkins on your team, you could afford to play him a little more. Um, let's go over to the to the Colts side. The worst defense in football against the run is the Carolina Panthers. The Colts love to run more than anybody else. Guess what? I think Marlon Mack's going to have a big day. Jason, uh, I know you're not a big Marlon Mack guy, but come uh, on. Come on. In fact, y'all ready? I'm on a six-week six streak. Are you ready, Jason? That's fine. My guaranteed touchdown of the week is Marlon Mack. I guarantee Marlon Mack scores a touchdown this week against the Carolina Panthers. Dude, Marlon Mack comes back from an injury, goes 13 for 38 against Tampa, and then people just rank him in as an RB1 against New Orleans. He puts up 11 and 19. What did you expect? Marlon Mack is awful. I And I hate that Carolina is a good matchup. I hate it. But you know you got to play him in this matchup. He's probably going to fall into the end zone. Because you if, are such a hater. If me or you were the running back for the Colts, we'd fall into the end zone. I'd speak for yourself. I truly believe I was the running back for the Colts. I'd find the end zone against the Panthers. <laughs> Give me that the one. I'll try to jump over the pile. I'll get laid out. Never play another down. Facts. Fact that he facts. But come on, man. Marlon Mack's a good play in this game. Uh. Listen, he's at 12 right now in the expert consensus, and that's, I have him at 23. That's too high. I, I think that's too low. I'll put him somewhere around 15 when I put my rankings out tomorrow. He's getting the, he's getting the end zone. He's getting 20 carries. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. Um, let's talk about these passing options. T.Y. Hilton is back, which sucks. Um, why? Because if you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, then you haven't been you haven't really been on needing T.Y. Hilton, and so far T.Y. Hilton has been bad in his two return games. But Zach Pascal's been really good without T.Y. Hilton, and Zach Pascal was not good with T.Y. Hilton, continues to not be good. <clears throat> so this pass-catching unit is kind of all cannibalizing each other. And if you're not starting T.Y. Hilton, you're not starting anyone. Now, this isn't the worst matchup in the history of football. Um, in fact, it's a plus matchup. So I'll, I'd like to start T.Y. Hilton, but I think my favorite pass-catcher in this game is Jack Doyle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Zach Pascal, besides his game against Houston in Week 7, has never been uh, usable when T.Y. Hilton's healthy. He's just a great T.Y. Hilton replacement. So really, the only wide receiver you should look at for the Colts is T.Y. Hilton, who has been uber disappointing this season. Um, we haven't seen him score more than 16 since Week 7. So uh, start him at your own risk. There's definitely upside against Carolina. This matchup... Might be the worst thing ever for people who have Colts, or it might be the best thing ever because it's gonna get you to start them. That might not be what you want. Uh, 
Carolina is 25th in DVOA against the tight end. I love me some Jack Doyle in this game. What do you think? I'm all about Jack Doyle as well. He had five targets last week. Uh, he, he keeps getting fed. You'd like to see a little bit more targets. I think he'll see a little bit more. I agree. Uh, I'm out there, yeah. Liking Jack Doyle a lot in that game. Um, you're not starting Jacoby Brissett. That's obvious. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game, Jason? Nay, brother. All right, let's go to our set. Our seventh game? No, I think so. Sixth game off the board? No, our seventh game off the board. Uh, the Bengals at the Dolphins. Um, let's go to the Dolphins side first because it's basically the same thing every week. Uh, you're going to want to start. Uh, what's his name on the outside? The receiver there. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Well, I was going to say Preston Williams for some reason. The, the name stuck in my head. Uh, Devontae Parker because he's in a great matchup and he's a great player with a great quarterback. Um, the most underrated great quarterback of our time is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, does he score some? Does he throw some interceptions in big spots? Yeah, he does. But the man's a baller, and he likes throwing to his number one guys. He's going to throw to him again in a great matchup against the Bengals. Um, Mike Kosicki is a playable option, and if you're really desperate, Patrick Lay- Layard has a good matchup. So, Jason. Um, where you look? What are you looking at with these guys? Because I don't think anyone else. I mean, Albert Wilson got eight targets last week, but you can't start Albert Wilson in your championship game. Tim, let's not pass up Ryan Fitzpatrick. Really? He has not thrown less than thirty-three targets, thirty-three attempts since week six. Hmm. He's gonna throw the ball at least thirty-three times against the Bengals. And in the last four weeks, he's passed 20 fantasy points three out of four times. All right, Jason, here we go. You ready? We've talked about quarterbacks already today, and you said you're fading some of these quarterbacks. So let's do this test. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Allen? Fitz. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tom Brady? Fitz. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jared Goff? Fitz. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Sam Darnold? Fitz. Give me a hard one. I'm going Fitz over Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Drew Brees? Brees. Okay. Okay. Right now my rankings have Brees, Fitz, Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers shit the bed again last week, so not not really going on a limb on that one, I will say. Um, So you know that I like Devontae Parker, if that's the case. For sure. Um, Like you said, Albert Wilson's a little intriguing, but I just don't trust his work. It's been too up and down all you year. You cannot start Albert Wilson in your championship game, period. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Mike Kosicki. He's been up and down. He's been better recently. Right when you think he's getting on a hot streak, he puts up one and seven points. Yeah. Eight targets against the Giants, seven fantasy points isn't. Like, you expect hey, a little bit better hey, than that. Hey, hey, hey. You just sat here and said four for 45 was not a bad game for a tight end. Four for 47 for Kosicki. No, but Jared Cook didn't see eight targets against the Giants. It's all, all right. relative. Okay, okay, good point. Touche. Touche, motherfucker. He's a uh, potential streamer, though. Uh, what about what about Patrick Laird? How are you feeling about him? Continues to be uh, continues to be involved in the passing game though. And I like Patrick Laird as much as I like Lard. Do you know how much I like Lard, Tim? How much do you like Lard? I don't know because I'm not from the South. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> but really, Lard is just like fat, right? I've never I don't know. I've never purchased Lard and put it on my grits. <laughs> are you done? I'm just thinking of my cousin Vinny and. Everything that he eats in that scene where they just throw lard and then make grits, and he's like, "What is this?" You know, so well, best movie ever made. Um, anyway, thirtieth against the pass catcher out of the backfield is the Bengals. Also, thirtieth in DVOA against the number one wide receiver. So, if you weren't already super in love with Devontae Parker, you should be. Um, and 
I, I think Laird is a is a is a flex, Laird has flex appeal. He's right. a flex option this week. I think mm-hmm. he is. Um, if you you could do worse than starting Patrick Laird in your flex this week, um, let's go over to the Cincinnati side. Um, you know Joe Mixon, Jason. I know that going into the season we were not Joe Mixon guys, but I think we have to start to admit that Joe Mixon looks like a very talented back. Bill Belichick called him the most talented back in the NFL. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bullish on Joe Mixon. I kind of like the guy. And if he's getting 25 touches a game, especially against the Dolphins, sign me up. I think he gets a big game here. That's the thing. Let's not get crazy. He's a he's always been a volume back, and now he got he's getting volume, and he's done well the last two games. I'm not going to say he hasn't. But he got volume in the two games before, and he struggled in those. So let's not act like Joe Mixon's the next – Barry Sanders all of a sudden, just because Bill Belichick said something. But he's facing Miami. And he's gotten at least 18 touches in every game in the last four weeks. At least 17 in six of his last seven, if we go back that far. That many touches against the Dolphins is probably an RB1. I mean, he put up 5.4 yards a carry against the Patriots. Pretty damn impressive. Um, But so did Giovanni Bernard in five carries. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Tyler Boyd has been on a little bit of a hot streak, but got shut down last week against the Patriots. What'd you expect? You saw Stephon Gilmore on him a lot. You saw Stephon Gilmore um, take some passes, uh, intercept the pass that was intended for Boyd. Uh, four four picks, by the way, by Dalton. Not playing Dalton, obviously. Um, but this is a good bounce back spot for Tyler Boyd. I like him in this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's been good in good matchups this season. It's a good matchup. Miami's been really weak against the outside receivers. Um, really only one outside receiver to talk about, and that is not really anyone, actually. Um, John Ross, if we're going to go that far. Say, but... John, Alex Erickson, you're not really. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is really the guy here. Tyler Eifert was a little involved last week, 3 for 40, 44. You can't, nope. start, can't start Tyler Eifert in a game like this. All right, so that'll do it for our first half of games. Um, don't forget to go to brotofantasy.com. Uh, for everything Brodo, also to patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to become a part of our community and continue getting um, exclusively two episodes every week into the offseason. We're still going to give you that one episode every week. Holla at your boy. You know, you know how we do. Um, but, you know, you want two episodes, go get it there. We're also going to give some cool giveaways, um, some fun stuff during the offseason. So definitely check that out. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrab. At Tim Petrab on all social media outlets for me, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real frisky. Jason, the special guest, doing a real good Michael impression on that one. Um, and at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Don't forget on Sunday and, and Saturday, we come at you tweeting every single touchdown that happens. Bam. See you next time. Later. Which is like right now. Press play on the next one.